the Lord is coming soon, and you and I must be ready for that great day. It's just around the corner. What day? I don't know, but I do know in my spirit that he's coming, and we need to be ready. Pastor, thank you for your time and your uh, commitment to the church and for the speaker that's going to be with us today. God bless you. Keep it. Yep. All right, praise the Lord, everyone. Just remain standing with us. It's truly, I did not know that I would have a friend and a comrade that would be speaking who I'm able to, you know, the Bible says iron sharpeneth iron, and I'm grateful for Pastor Eby uh, being in my life. Um, you, you know, we were talking, and there's, you know, if you find a friend, a friend is a good thing. Um, there's few friends that we might have that we can depend on and trust on. Um, but uh, I'm grateful to Pastor E.B. for his leadership, his commitment to the Word of God, and to the ministry, and as a friend. I'm going to invite Pastor E.B. to the platform. I want him to speak at liberty to the church. I'm looking forward to the Word of God today. May the Lord richly bless you. Sister Evie, we welcome you with us today. We welcome the body of Christ with us today. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor. Good morning, Grace Gospel. It is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. It's good to feel what we feel here this morning. Whether in person or online, we're still feeling the presence of the Almighty. And for that, I am greatly thankful. You may be seated in the lovely name of Jesus. Want to just thank the worship team for leading us into the presence of the Most High God. You all did a wonderful, wonderful job. Commented to my wife how just how everything just flowed, and so appreciated that, and and so thank you. I uh, want to say to my my pastor, my very first pastor, uh, Bishop. And Sister Reynolds, God bless you. It's an honor to be here, and it's a great, and we honor you as our pastor, our very first pastor. And yes, he did. He spent some time in our house making sure that my mom and dad were discipled. And the reason I stand here today is because a man of God took the time and the love to disciple someone and, and invested in them and invested in the kingdom. And so we are. We, we give you honor, Bishop. God bless you and Sister Reynolds and to to uh, the 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 team that put this together. My wife and I, uh, to the planning team, would like to say thank you for this invitation to give honor to your pastor and Sister Reynolds. They are, as you know, they are absolutely the finest people you will ever meet. They have hearts that are just big. Amen. And and I, I tease them. He will verify this. I tease them. They have their hearts are so big. They're so genuine. They're so loving. They're so caring. They're such an example of what a shepherd should be. I tease them all the time that I'm going to come be one of his members of his flock, and and or I'm gonna I'm just gonna let him adopt me as one of his children. And so they are, they, you know, you know you are privileged. And thank you for taking the time this morning to tell them how much you appreciate them. As a pastor, whether you recognize this or not, there's an adversary that's out to attack the man of God. And there's a, he, he'll get in your mind sometimes and he'll tell you you're not being effective and he'll tell you nobody's listening and he'll tell you that you just, you know, you're just not going to make a difference. Uh, and when the people of God come together and just say, Pastor, we love you. Pastor, we're behind you. Pastor, we see your vision. Pastor, we believe in you. There's something that strengthens your spirit.
And so I challenge Grace Gospel, and I know you do, but I challenge. Don't let this just be a day that you appreciate the pastor. I know you keep him in prayers, but know that the adversary is after him and Sister Reynolds because if they can destroy the head, they can divide the body. And so you need to keep him in prayer. You need to remind him how much he means to you on a, on a, on a more often than just once a year, and I'm sure that you do. But I, I know that we, he would never... And, and Sister uh, Reynolds would never uh, ask for it. You know, we, we have to walk around uh, and just and be that rock, be that be that that rock for everyone, and and and, and just feel like and I'm giving you a little insight of what it looks like to be a pastor. You know, you can't be down. You 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 can't you can't show that. But there's something when the people are mature enough to understand that they are always under attack 24-7. The adversary has a purpose to destroy. But when the people of God call out their pastor and his wife's name and hold them up, it builds a hedge around them. And there's no enemy that can break through that. There is no enemy that's more powerful than the name of Jesus. And there's nothing more encouraging than here. Pastor, I love you. I appreciate your work. I know you're praying for me. I feel your prayers, and we're going in the right direction, and I'm here to support you. So that's not my message, and I feel like I'm preaching, and I haven't even got started yet. But uh, thank you again. Thank you, planning team, for allowing my wife and, and, and I to come. This is a, such a great honor and this morning, uh, I, I want to get into the Word. I feel, I feel like I have a Word for Grace Gospel this morning. If you have the Word of the Lord, I want you to turn to 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter. You do not have to stand. I, I'm not being disrespectful, but I'm going to preach through the entire chapter. So you're going to be standing the entire time I'm preaching. So uh, I, just a little different, and I, I, I know that we normally stand to, to show reverence and respect to the Word of God. And and, I, and, and I'm all for that, but today I'm gonna, it's going to be a, a bit scripture heavy, and, and so I don't want you to be standing this entire time. First uh, Samuel, the 17th chapter, verse 16 is where I want to start. It's, very, it's, a, it's a familiar uh, story to us as children of God. And the Bible said, And the Philistine drew near morning and evening and presented himself for forty days. I have spent some time over the last few weeks uh, uh, talking with Crossroads. I felt it in my spirit to continue to share it with you today. We have put so much focus on this COVID-19. We have put so much focus on the church going through this. But this morning, if you can, if it's even possible for you, I would like you to kind of go back with me prior to COVID-19, and I would like to talk about the state of the church. I want you to understand that there is a reluctance within the modern-day church to operate in the authority granted by God as revealed through his word. It has become normal and acceptable to walk without active faith. We are going, to, if we're going to be a church God is calling upon in this last day, we are going to need a first century church faith. The disciples walked in faith. In faith, they declared the gospel. In faith, they laid hands on the sick, and they did recover. In faith, they faced persecution and even death, and by faith, they were overcomers. And so what I'm telling you this morning, what I believe, and I'm sure your pastors talked about it, and you've heard a lot of things, I don't believe COVID-19 is a dark day for the church. I believe the Lord has used this to position this, this nation and this world to a place of repentance. But I believe that the church needs to understand that we need to rise up and walk in faith that the Lord has called us. I believe there is a great harvest that is in front of the church. 
I wish somebody would understand this isn't just apostolic rhetoric. I believe we are living in the end of times. I believe this is going to be the greatest and the finest hour of the church. And what I want to know from Grace Gospel Worship Center is do you want to participate in this God-ordained event? This morning I've come to expose a lie that the adversary has used to erode our active faith. He has done a masterful job at convincing the church that you and I, that we are insignificant, we have little importance, we are worthless, or we are irrelevant. How can we make an impact? There is just a few of us among so many. 40,000 in the Clinton area, almost a million in Prince George's County. How can we, being a few, make an impact in our community? I want you to know that the 12 turned their world upside down. If you know what 12 did, you can imagine what 100 can do. So many churches to choose from. Why would they choose this church? I'm not talking against other churches, but let me say something about this church. It's been divinely positioned and placed by God. There is a Holy Ghost that flows through this house that changes lives. I want you to know the reason they'll come to this church is because there is a people that understand who they are, and they understand they've been called by the name, and they will let the Holy Ghost flow through them you will say people are not interested I will tell you that this thing has caused people to come to their knees I've never seen fear grip our nation and our world as it has today let the church not be wrapped up in the fear but let us let our faith soar and understand this is the opportunity that the Lord has called us to. As a result, we have lost active faith. James launched an idea that a person can say that they have faith. Uh, but it is of little value if it is not accompanied by practical application. James 2:17. Even so, if excuse me, even so, faith, if not, if excuse me, if it hath not works, uh, is dead, being alone. Notice James is not saying that they did not have faith. Uh, they had a measure of faith. However, if not placed into action, he says it is not productive. We need a church totally convinced of the life-changing power of the gospel message. Hello? Come on now, can I get an amen? Come on, we need a church that is totally convinced of the life-changing power of this gospel. When you share the gospel with your family, when you share the gospel with your neighbors, when you share the gospel with your co-workers, you're not wondering if it's going to have an effect. You know that the Word of God has the power to change lives. Come on, we need a church that is persuaded that we can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We come to church, we've gotten so, uh, you know, prayer requests, and, and we just, it's become a part of the service without active faith. Maybe not here, but I'm here to tell you that the Lord took stripes on his back, that we shall, that we shall be healed. We have the authority and the power granted to us to lay hands on the sick, and if we believe, they shall recover. That's the kind of church... We need to be, we need to be a church where faith brings the flow of the Holy Spirit and render, renders an atmosphere conducive to signs and wonders and miracles. Oh, get, get, get a little nervous now. 
signs, wonders, and miracles. The Bible said that there was a fear, there was a great respect that came upon the people in the first century church because God did signs and wonders through the disciples. I want you to know that we've been given the same power and granted the same authority and those type of things should be happening not only in our church but in our workplace and in our families. But the adversary has lied to us. The adversary has deceived us. The adversary makes us think that we are not that kind of church. But I've come to remind Grace Gospel Worship Center that you are exactly that kind of church. Can I get somebody to say amen? Will somebody agree with me and believe with me? God has assigned me this morning to remind you, remind this church that you are divinely positioned. Hear me now. You are divinely positioned. It started here where God brought him from West Virginia to Washington, D.C. It was passed down to him, and God has divinely positioned you. You have been brought to this church not to sit on a pew and just take up space, but you've been brought here because God has divinely positioned you to accomplish the mission that has been birthed in these men. Position means to put something or someone in a particular place. Grace gospel. God has positioned you and empowered you to be the light unto this world. Come on now, you guys got to preach me a little harder. I'm giving you everything I've got. You got to believe it this morning. God has positioned this church. Let me return to 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter, 1 Samuel 17, 23 and through 25. And as he talked with them, behold, there came a champion of the Philistine of Gath and Goliath by name out of the armies of the Philistines. He spake according to the same words. What? The same words he had said 40 days and 40 nights. Somebody's got to begin to understand that the adversary has beat us up too long. The adversary has deceived us too long. I pray that somebody here today begins to hear what thus saith the Lord to the church and gets this in there spirit and he spake according to the same words and David heard them you know the story I don't have time this morning to give you the story but David appears he's there he's on a mission from his father and all the men of Israel when they saw the man fled from him and were sore afraid now I'm gonna tell you a minute those men had been trained in the word they knew about how God had delivered them from Egypt they knew how God had kept them through the wilderness they knew the victories that God had brought through them and for excuse me for them and yet there is just one uh, man a giant as the as he's described uh, as stands out there for 40 days and when they heard his voice the Bible said they had great fear and hid oh I'm telling somebody this morning the adversary has placed great fear on us I'm not talking about COVID I'm talking about in our services prior to COVID and I believe that the Lord has, has organized this so that it would bring the world to repentance but before they need to have a place to go they need to see somebody declaring the gospel and somebody's got to be somebody's not got to be ashamed of the gospel The church world has got this church. The church world has got to begin to believe that the message we have is powerful and life-changing. Oh, I don't mean to be ugly, but we've got to stop hiding behind pews and calling ourselves Christians. But we've got to begin to execute what God has called us to do. And I believe if we'll do that, God is going to give us the promises. And so then they said to him, the, man of, the men of Israel said, have you seen this man that came up? 
You know, that's how the adversary does it. He gets into a church, gets everybody. Have you seen this? Oh, I don't know. I really don't know. I, you know, pastor's preaching about miracles, and he's preaching about God going to give us great harvest. I don't know. There's just a few of us. I don't know. We're not very powerful. I don't know. Oh, Grace Gospel, I'm telling you, sitting in this congregation uh, or listening to me online, there is a David. Uh, there is somebody uh, that's going to refuse uh, to hear what the adversary has to say. The position to have maximum impact on our community, you're going to encounter obstacles our response to obstacles begins in our mind hear this our internal conversation reveals our faith I said our internal conversation reveals our faith well there's just a few of us. Well, he's big. Well, we, we, we can't compete with this church. We can't compete with the mega churches. We can't do this. We can't do that. You're defeated because there's an obstacle in your way, and you're trying to figure out in your humanity how you're going to overcome that. Our response to these obstacles uh, begins in our mind. A past, excuse me, a past challenge uh, uh, to believe that God has divinely, uh, the, excuse me, the past uh, challenges us uh, to believe that God has divinely positioned us. Uh, you need to understand this morning, uh, you're not here by happenstance. Uh, you're here because God has placed you here, and there's a mission for this church that needs to be accomplished, uh, and you've got the skill set uh, and the talents uh, and the power and the ability that's needed. But the adversary will tell you, you're not good enough. You're not competent enough. Ah, you got a past, and your past prevents you from having a future. The devil is a liar. A diagnosis causes you to question God's purpose. You see an obstacle. God, how can you use me like this? God, why would you use me like this? I'm an illegitimate son. I'm just a shepherd boy, but it never comes into the mind of David. He understands that God has positioned him for a purpose, and I'm here to tell Grace Gospel, you've been positioned for a purpose. The soldiers of the army of Israel were fearful because they trusted in their own ability. David is a primary example of what it means to walk in active faith. He knew that he was not physically capable of beating Goliath. He was aware that he was not a skillful soldier. He had complete trust, though, in Jehovah, and through him he would bring forth victory. Someone needs to believe that they have been equipped to do the task that God has set before them, that you have been divinely positioned as an individual and a church, hear this, to have an eternal impact. It's time for the church to arise from her fearfulness put on the armor of God and begin to operate in the authority that is granted by God. Paul instructed Timothy, and it still remains true today, in 2 Timothy 1.7, for God hath not given us a, a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You've got to make up a decision in, in your mind today. Are you going to give in to fear? Or are you going to give in to faith? Obstacles are going to come. The adversary is not going to lay over and just, and just, go, and, and just let you have just free, uh, just let God move and, and intervene through you. And, and let, let me say this, it's not always the adversary. 
Sometimes God puts you in a position so that you understand and you realize what faith is all about. And so the first thing, this church needs to decide what your identity is going to be. Is it going to be faith or is it going to be fear? Are you going to get involved with sharing the gospel? Are you going to be, are you going to be utilized in the, in, in the authority and the power that God's given? 1 Samuel 17, 28. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David and said, Why comest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and thy naughtiness of thine heart, for thou hast come down that thou mightest see the battle. The first thing I wanted you to recognize was fear versus faith, and you need to make a choice. The second thing you need to get in your spirit is who you are. You need to have an understanding of who you are. David's brothers tried to belittle him, but notice what happens in verse 30. And he turned from him towards another and spake after the same manner, and the people answered him again after the former manner. So I want you to understand what happening here. what's happening here. Eliab sees his brother, and he hears his brother who is full of faith. You know, there's going to be someone that's full of faith, and then there's going to be someone that doesn't have faith, and the fear, uh, people that are, uh, shall I say, motivated by fear are going to feel convicted. Instead of getting faithful, they get they try to get the faithful fearful. And what's even worse is we stand by and listen to them. We entertain them. David said, I'll have no part of that. He did something that it was his eldest brother. He turned his back on his eldest brother and said, wait a minute. I'm going to talk to somebody else. I'm going to testify to somebody else. I'm going to find somebody else that's going to bind with me and believe iron sharpens iron. I'm not going to listen to that stuff. I probably shouldn't say this, and I'm probably meddling just a little bit, but saints need to get some backbone and learn just because they say they're with you doesn't always mean they are. And we've got to understand sometimes we've got to walk away from people that are just so negative and don't have the mission of the, of the Lord at hand, and they just their whole purpose is to tear down. David turned his back and began to find somebody who was going to say, and he was going to testify to and somebody that was going to talk to him we are too easily defeated when somebody somebody talks down about us somebody comes against us we want to we want to that's a that's a tactic of the adversary he, he wants to isolate us we get upset we get hurt we get offended Folks, we're going to get hurt. We're going to get offended. But I'm here to tell you the mission is more important. Find an altar. Get over it. Get refilled. Get your power level back up. And get back out into the field of harvest. You know, they need you. You've already got what you need. Oh, you've, you've been born, you've been going down in the water grave, and you've been, the name of Jesus been applied over you. You've come up a new creature in Christ. You've been filled with his spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. You've been endued with power from on high. You're set. You just need to continue to walk the race. They don't have that. They need a church that is full of faith to continue. We get defeated. Well, oh, nobody believes in me. Nobody sees me as worth anything. Oh, I'm out here trying to do this. I'm trying to do this. Nobody's giving me accolades. So here at the Frady Cats, they take him to the king. And they, oh, king, you got to hear what this boy says. The, 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 the king 
the king can't even validate him. Now I gotta walk, I gotta walk a tight line here. If you're waiting for him to come to you and tell you what you ought to know to do as a saint of God, you're missing something. I, I know him. He's my, he's my best friend. He's taught you better than that. He's, he's released it to you. Uh, he's given you the authority to go forth uh, and operate according to the word of God. Uh, and you're looking around going, well, pastor didn't give me permission or pastor's not pushing me and he's not elevating me. Come on now. Get out in the field. Get the sickle in your head and go to work. He'll validate your calling. But what we want is we want him to tell us we're called we want him to tell us that, that we have power and authority, and we want him to speak into us before we work. No, it doesn't work like that. We go get in the fields, uh, and we begin to do what God has called us to do. And then the man of God says, now let me elevate you a little bit. Uh, I hope I'm doing all right this morning. And so he goes, and he says, this is what the king says, thou aren't able to go against the Philistines uh, to fight with him. For thou art but a youth. He is but man of war. And David said unto him, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. I just, I know it's a, I know we all know this, but I love this. Negativity comes his way. What's he do? He testifies. Hey, I was out in the field keeping my, my father their sheep you know what happened and then a bear and a lion came you know what he knew he knew something that Saul didn't I know the anointing of the Lord I know the anointing of the Lord I've got faith and confidence you see Saul had lost that Saul had forgotten that he became fearful instead of faithful but David was refused to be fearful and when he said you're but a youth you can't do this you're not able you're not skilled he said, but let me tell you about Jesus, or let me tell you about Jehovah. I want to tell you about Jesus. He slew, excuse me, notice David's response as he begins to testify. Notice David is not focusing on the giant, but Goliath. Never in the word of God will you ever find that David calls the Goliath a giant. He's strictly speaks uh, about his Jesus or his Jehovah. I wonder what it would be like if the church uh, would get a hold of that same spirit uh, where we're not talking about COVID-19 uh, and we're not talking about this uh, and this negative thing uh, and that negative thing, uh, but we're talking about King Jesus. Uh, we're talking about somebody that can change your life. Uh, we're talking about the healer. We're talking about the redeemer. We're talking about the provider. We're rejoicing uh, in a world that is fearful. We are blessed in the name of the Lord. But preacher, it's nasty out there. Preacher, it's contagious out there. You know what's contagious? A faithful saint that is on fire for Jesus. He said, more, David said, moreover, the Lord hath delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, and he will deliver out of the hand of this Philistine. That's faith talking now, folks. He wasn't talking about what if, maybe. He didn't say, if I die, I die. He didn't. He said, I'm telling you what's going to happen. I wonder what would happen if Grace Gospel would begin to understand that you've been given the territory that's under your feet. I wonder what it would be like if Grace Gospel began to understand that the adversary and the Prince of Clinton and the Prince of Prince George's County has to come under your authority because you come in the name of Jesus. What would happen if you start telling instead of asking? He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's my daddy. He's my Abba. And all I do is, hey, daddy, 
this is what I need. Daddy, this is what I want to see happen. And Daddy will move heaven and earth. The Bible said when Sennacherib came against Hezekiah, that Hezekiah the king went and he laid Sennacherib's letter on the altar. And he said, you see what he's saying? You see what he's threatening, Father? And I want you to know. And God entered into that. And he took back and he pushed Sennacherib out. And he eventually, his sons killed him. What would it be like if the church stopped talking about the issues and started going to the king and saying, these are the issues. Oh, but use me, God. You need to know who you are. Grace Gospel, you're a child of the King, 2 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, and you've been purchased by his blood. It's time we stop walking defeated and throw our head up, not in conceit. But when we begin to know who we are, there are resources at your fingertips. And there are resources for the asking that can change this world. But you've got to be convinced who you are. Grace Gospel, you've been given the power and the authority. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority. I believe the power and the authority that he gave the 12 disciples uh, is still the power and the same, very same power and authority he has granted you and I. And he said uh, that they would have this to, to uh, have authority over devils uh, and to cure diseases. Uh, and he sent them to preach uh, the kingdom of God and heal the sick. They came back. They were all excited. They said, everything you said, we did. That's the same power and authority you have. What would it be like? Can you imagine? Can your faith soar enough that when you, that you come to the house of God, when was the last time you came with a great expectation that God, that there was going to be guests that were going to come, and they were going to come, and they were going to be healed, both spiritually, physically, and emotionally? When was the last time you got a spring in your step on Saturday night, and you begin to pray the adversary against the adversary, and you begin to declare what was going to happen? happen the next morning. Uh, we don't do that because we don't see uh, us having the power and authority to do so. But God has given us that. Acts 1.8 said, but ye shall receive what? Power. After that, the Holy Ghost come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and to Judea and to Samaria and in the uttermost parts of the earth. David did not, uh, excuse me, David did not let others define his relationship with God. He may not have been a soldier. Some think he was an Ill illegitimate child. He was the youngest sibling, yet he knew he was Jehovah's chosen. And because he knew who he was, he realized he was divinely positioned to make an eternal impact. The last point I want to bring this morning, and I know my time is just about up, is I need, I need Grace Gospel to understand the potential of your faith. As I said before, David never calls him a giant because he knew that the only powerful one to acknowledge was Jehovah. And then David said to the Philistine, Thou comest with me with a sword and a spear and a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. Come on, you know this. Uh, you know this, but there's a whole army that's hiding behind rocks uh, because they were trained soldiers. Uh, they had a carnal mentality. Uh, they couldn't see the spiritual arena and the spiritual environment. Uh, I wish the church would wake up uh, and begin to see we are living in the last times uh, and God has positioned us uh, for a great harvest uh, and he needs people that will go into the highways and the byways and compel them to come. So you know the story. And this is listen to what David says to the to the adversary, excuse me, to the to Goliath. And this day will the Lord deliver thee 
into my hand, and I will smite thee, and I will take thy head from thee. Now, the whole time, the enemy, the enemy is spewing stuff at him. I believe that the enemy is trying to be intimidating. We've got to learn how to decipher the enemy's voice from the voice of the Lord. And I know that sounds elementary for saints of God. But you know what? We've become accustomed to hearing that voice and that negativity. That we, that, and it just breeds that kind of thing. And it brings us down. It erodes our faith. But I'm here to tell you there's a voice that if you will get on your knees and you will begin to pray, Lord God, use me. Lord God, I'm here. Lord God, help me to be spiritually sensitive. I'm here to tell you the Lord is going to confirm that you've been divinely positioned for this moment. Talking about the position, uh, the, the, the potential of your faith. I, I'm hurrying. Verse 47, and all this assembly shall know. David tells the enemy, I'm coming after you. In the name of the Lord and all this assembly that is fearful, all this assembly that's listened to and breathed and listened to your, uh, your, your uh, spewing uh, and, 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 and trying to intimidate them for the last 40 days and 40 nights, they're going to know that you have been defeated. They're going to know you've been silenced. I wish somebody would get it in their spirit. It just takes one to rise up and tell the enemy, I'm here. I come in the name of the Lord, and all of grace gospel will rise up and fight with me. One young man, full of faith, was the catalyst for victory. Matthew 17, 20 says, If you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you shall say to the mountain, Remove hence to yonder place. And I shall remove, excuse me, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible. As the mustard seed is one of the tiniest seeds found in the Middle East. It looks insignificant. It is just one or two millimeters in diameter. It's the size of a pinhead, yet it has the potential to grow into a 30-foot bush. Jesus said, if you have faith of the grain of a mustard seed, you shall say to the mountain. He also said, when describing the tree, that it's the greatest among herbs, and it becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air will come and lodge in the branches thereof. I believe that potential exists within grace gospel. There is someone here or listening online this morning that will subscribe to faith over fear. We'll realize that they are divinely positioned and anointed for this season and step into action. I pray this morning for the impartation of faith in this congregation. I pray that you will rise in active faith and grab your sickle and engage in the Great Commission. I close with this as I was looking for something, the Lord in prayer this morning, the Lord brought to my mind. A young lady called me from our church this week and she said, Pastor, I just need to tell you something. I don't know why I need to tell you this, but I need to tell you something. I don't know about you, but I'm always worried when those phone calls come. And she said, it's good, Pastor. Now I can breathe. She said, Pastor, I don't know why I, I, I feel this way. She said, I, I've really just been getting back into church. She said, I've really just been praying and getting strong, and I, I, I just feel my spirit just, just strengthened in, in him. And she said, but I, I just feel to call you. She said, this is silly. This is, this is a bit simple. She said, but, but the Lord's telling me that something big's going to happen. She didn't know how to, to, to say it, but 
she, in her spirit, there was a, uh, it is as if it was pregnant with, a, with something that was going to be birthed in the very near future. And so, we hear, hear me now, we talked for a few minutes. Uh, well, you know, I, I, I told her about her family, and maybe, you know, she said, maybe my family's going to come. Yes. Uh, she said, May, maybe, maybe our church is going to explode. Yes. Uh, and so, we talked for a minute. Now, as a pastor, I've been preaching faith, and I've been preaching the potential of faith, and, and much of what I preach here this morning, I've been preaching preaching to the church and I'm not trying to cause an emotional stir I'm trying to get mature Christians to realize that we've been positioned and we can't keep doing the things that we used to do we can't keep acting like the things the way we used to act the Bible said that the Lord added to the church daily because they were full of faith and they operated in faith that's what I want to see and so I'm sitting on my couch this morning down in my basement where I pray, and I'm praying and just talking to the Lord, and I'm feeling pretty good, and that conversation comes back to my mind, and the Lord begins to, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, God, you're going to give me some kind of revelation. What am I going to tell her? How, how, how am I going to hang? You know, come on, Lord, I'm listening. And, 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 then it, and then it happened. By now, you're already piecing it together. The Lord began to tell me, I'm sending you the grace gospel. And I use the saint of God to confirm what I'm fixing to do and what I'm fixing to tell them. If they will be faithful, if they will get over their fear, if they will understand that I am the God that has positioned them, if they will understand the potential of their faith, I'm going to give them every promise that's ever ever been told to them but they've got to rise up and they got to tell the enemy he's a liar they've got to rise up and say together we are going to accomplish what God has asked us to do prophetically I don't have any parameters on what big means God didn't give me that you know why? Because it's not for me to define big. It's for grace gospel to define how big big is going to be. And you know what? It's not going to start after COVID. It's not going to start in 2021. The Bible said, excuse me, uh, the horticulture says that when you put the seed in the ground, within just a few weeks, that bush rises to 10 feet. I want to tell you something. It may be a small seed, but it grows rapidly it's not a prophetic word for next year it's not a prophetic word for after COVID it is a word to grace gospel why don't you stand this is what I want you to ask God whether you're in the house or whether you're online as I turn it back over to pastor I want you to define big. I want you to tell Jesus what you see as big. It's my family coming into the house. It's the prodigals returning. It's my neighbors being filled with your spirit. It's my co-workers. It's cancer being healed. It's diabetes being healed. It's pain being healed. It's emotional sickness being healed. How big, how big can your faith go? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. How big is it? How far does it reach? How far does it reach? How far does your faith reach? Every aspect of the family, in every situation, every circumstance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, my, my. The Lord is in this house and the Lord has spoken to the church online and in the house. How big is your faith? 
I can tell you we've had two baptisms just in the past month and a half. Where do you see yourself ministering whose souls are at stake? Jesus is coming back for a people that have made themselves ready. You and I don't have time to hold on to the gift that we have been given. We must share this gift with everyone that comes into our circumference and into our, uh, our sphere of around us. We've got all got family that needs Jesus. There's folks that are dealing with something in their body. I believe that the word of God that was spoken that he had no idea that was going to be said to me this first thing this morning. God has already stepped into your situation and your circumstance in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ah, my, 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 my seed is already growing. My seed's already growing. Hallelujah. If you want to come to the altar, if you need prayer for your body, if you want the Holy Ghost, every one of these squares up here you can stand on. Hallelujah. If you don't want to come to the front, pray where you are. God is doing a miracle right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Expectation we declare, no matter. 